This is the True North Collective podcast, a gathering of unsugarcoated conversations on authenticity, created by the real-life documentation of everyday humans fearlessly finding their true north. Welcome to season four of the podcast. Hi, I'm Rachel. I just bought 10 bags of my favorite comfort food, Maxine's Heavenly Chocolate Chip Cookies. I'm about to turn 38 and I just moved back in with my parents. And I'm currently reading a book that's called How to Be Your Own Best Friend. Hi everyone, my name is Edgar and I have over 300 potted plants inside our house. I love dancing alone in the garage like crazy. And I am part of the Clean Plate Club, which is like a childhood thing. Hi, I'm Janelle. I once flushed my clicker down the toilet. I've dressed up like Legends of the Hidden Temple characters at work. And I eat gummy vitamins like candy. And we are your hosts of the True North Collective podcast. Boom, intro done. <laughs> what what do you dance to in the garage? Oh my god, a lot of different things. It depends on the mood. <laughs> I feel like in my mind, I believe that I'm like this like world-known, you know, international dancer. <laughs> that is totally how I am. Do you have any mirrors or are you just like in your own space? Yes, yeah, just my own <laughs> space. Um, yeah, and it can be, you know, sometimes it's like like salsa and merengue and sometimes it's just like very slow emotional music <laughs> or hip-hop I don't know whatever it's just like freestyle I like I said I just moved back in with my parents and I have I'm in like a pretty big room and so I was like I told them I was like I want to rearrange everything create all this space and that's literally what I want to do is just turn on music and I think I've heard it called a static dance I think where it's just like you turn the music on and you just do whatever is like calling to you um and I need that in my life so bad right now yeah I, I don't know I found that very helpful and it's still you know I sweat a lot and it's kind of like totally. a workout <laughs> it's so fun and magical we on New Year's Eve Jess who's been on the podcast before we just basically had a dance party by ourselves outside and it, I just, it was so fun. I'm just like, why can't I do this all the time? And I'm not a good dancer, but I kind of just jump around. Like I'm teaching a group fitness class and I get exhausted by the end, but the feeling that you get from it is out of this world. And it's crazy. Yeah. You just release all everything. Everything. <laughs> everything. I had, I had a friend in college who also was like, I'm the worst dancer. And I was classically trained. So I'm, I'm decent. Um, I'll toot my own horn, but she would always be like, Rachel, teach me. And then I was like, it's not about the moves. You got to just embody your own body and whatever comes through. And so by the end of our like college experience, she would be like, look at me. And she would just be like doing these weird things. And it was so awesome. And I was like, no one can do that move. Cause that's like your move and it's beautiful. And yeah, it was so cool. So <laughs> have you ever watched uh, Renata, Renata bliss on YouTube? Uh-uh. <laughs> she's from Australia, but uh, she makes me so happy. Like she's, uh, <laughs> it's a really fun video to watch. Um, just we'll freestyle. I'm literally gonna watch that right after this. <laughs> yeah, link it in the show notes. Rachel, I'm surprised one of your random facts wasn't um, that you were able to get the handle weirdo on TikTok. 
Oh, well, I'll use that next time. Yeah. Because <laughs> I still think that's super impressive. I'm like, that's Yeah, so Edgar, good. I don't know if you're on TikTok, but Janelle has been like, get on TikTok, get on TikTok. And I was like, I'm too old. And um, so I got on and then it said on the top, like user one, two, nine, six, ten, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, can I change that? And she's like, totally. Just like, you can change that, obviously. And so I go in there and I was like, what do I put? I'm going to put weirdo. And she's like, that is not going to be available. And then I'm like, it's available. <laughs> I still, yeah, I'm shocked. Shocked. How much Maybe someone no. will pay me money for it someday. Yeah, That's yeah. a legit thing. A legit <laughs> thing. Man. I'm pretty oh. jazzed about it. Wait, so what is the clean plate? Oh, plate? I know that. I'm in that Wait, one. what? Okay. What am I missing out on? So growing up, my mom always uh, made us eat and finish everything that was on the plate. Uh, and, there, and I eat a lot. So like there were some times that I'm like, oh, I want more. And she would be like, if you get more, you have to finish it. And that will always make it make me think, you know, like, mm, I don't know if I'm going to finish it or not. <laughs> but now it's a problem because I have to finish everything on my plate. <laughs> okay. I understand. Rachel, you had that as well. Was that a rule yeah. in the house? Yeah. My my dad came from a pretty poor family growing up. And so they always finished everything. And so when we were kids, we always, he hates throwing away food. And so when I first started dating, I didn't start dating until I was like in my 20s. <laughs> Late bloomer. Um, <laughs> and I remember going on dates and my boyfriend was at the time he was like six three, two, 20, like he was huge. And he like finished eating, didn't finish the food on his plate. And I finished everything. And he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I know I'm, I hurt. It hurts. And he was like, you don't have to finish all your food. What are you doing? And I was like, yes, I do. And so I like slowly learned that not everybody does that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember the, I think it was the first time I came to the U.S. I'm from Guatemala, by the way. Uh, I came here to visit my dad and I have a couple uncles and one of my uncles took us to Las Vegas, but we were very young. I was nine years old, I remember. And we went to one of the hotel buffets and I was just like kind of shocked. Like I was, I think I was having some kind of like a, like a breakdown, like <laughs> seeing all the plates, almost like pyramids of food. And then just taking them away. I was like, what is this? <laughs> I don't phase, remember that. Yeah, the phase are probably the most wasteful thing. Like the phase and cruise ship dinners are just Ooh. like, I took one bite. Okay, here you go. <laughs> Take it away. <laughs> terrible. Oh, totally terrible. Funny. Different, different. I want to hear more about the clicker. Oh, <laughs> yeah. How does it even fit down the curve? I can't believe I've never told this. Well, I actually can because it's pretty embarrassing and they're like, never speak of this again. But I'm all, I mean, everyone's probably gonna figure out what job it was, but I'll, <laughs> I'll leave the employer out of it. But, um, you know, the, the presentation clickers you have when you're doing like mm -hmm. a slideshow, it was one of those. And I had put it in my back pocket and just like quickly stepped out of the room from giving a presentation because I had to go to the bathroom. And I walk in and it's like the moment and luckily I hadn't done anything yet, but I was just like in there and you know, starting to bend down and like, just hear this plunk. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> and I look down 
and my clicker's in the toilet. And I'm like, God damn it. Like, you know, this is like a work thing. I'm like, I'm gonna have to fish it out of the toilet. Like I am I'm like, all right. So like I put my hand in the toilet and I go to grab the clicker and it's an automatic flushing toilet and it flushes while my hand's in the toilet. And I immediately, of course, cause when your hand's in the toilet, it flushes like recoil, pull out. And then I look down and the clicker's not there. It's gone. And I was like, okay, it's going to show, you know, cause like, you know how sometimes like things come back through. Cause I'm like, there's no way this clicker is going to fit in the pipes. Right. And I wait, I probably stand there for like three minutes and I'm just waiting. I was like, it's gotta come back. <laughs> gotta show back up. Never dead. I was mortified. And then I'm like, what do you do for that? Like, I'm trying to be a good person. So I go to the front desk to the people that work in workplace services. And luckily I like knew one of them because I probably wouldn't have done this otherwise. And I was like, hey, I got kind of like a random question for you. <laughs> it's like, what kind of work ticket do you fill out if you flushed your clicker down the toilet? And she's just like, what? <laughs> I was like, you know, the... And they're like, don't ever talk about this again. Just leave it. <laughs> Just be done. <laughs> so flushed it down the toilet. Never saw it again. Had to explain to my manager why I needed a new clicker. I'm like, flushed it down the toilet. <laughs> Will you buy me a new one? <laughs> also kind of gross that you were like going to go to the bathroom and keeping it in your hand. Wow. <laughs> no, it was in my back pocket. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it fell in. If it would have been in my hand, I wouldn't have dropped it. But it was in like, I, I would always stick my clicker in like my back jean pocket. And like, I just forgot it was there. It's like, as I'm pulling off my pants, it's like. <laughs> so it, it went in there after you went to the bathroom too? No, before, before. Oh, thank okay. God. Yeah. Like luckily, no, it was like, that's why I was like, the saving grace of this story was that like, I was, it was the start of the pulling down of the pants, like didn't even get the other yeah, off yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get real descriptive but yeah okay, so that's know, the saving grace I know that we're not talking about poop but <laughs> there is this have you guys heard of a poop knife what a poop knife we didn't warm Edgar that we always talk I about know. poop on the podcast so sorry okay. that wasn't in the injury mode <laughs> okay so know. <laughs> Okay, so apparently there's like a Reddit thread that I am not on Reddit either, but I am friends with people who are, and I bought an RV and there's RV threads that you can be on and people like support each other on like how to deal with just like random stuff. And so there is an RV thread about the poop, a poop knife. And it's like, cause sometimes in an RV toilet, if you take a really big dump and you don't like fill the water up ahead of time, it gets stuck and it won't go down the little hole. And so... So people are like, I have this RV and I can't get the poop to go down the hall. Like, what do I do? And this person responds and goes, poop knife, duh. And everybody's like, huh? So apparently this person in their family, they have a family poop knife. And if you take a poop, it's too big. It doesn't go down the toilet. You you holler for the poop knife and somebody brings you a poop knife and you you literally cut it so that it could go down the hole. And he was at a party. He said he was at a party one time and he took a shit and it wasn't going down so he was like poop knife, poop knife. and he starts screaming and everybody's like what are you talking about oh my god poop knife so i want to have one now but <laughs> that'll be our first sponsorship hey everyone the promo knife. code down below for the poop knife 
Oh my god, they're watching. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that reminded me of the first time I heard the word uh, party pooper. And I was like, oh, what do you mean? Like, what? they the party or that my husband's are like just cracking up and then he showed me this video of this german uh, comedian that explains it like the same way like he was like what like do they just go to parties and poop <laughs> <laughs> sorry i'm also changing this oh topic. my gosh that's so funny <laughs> so, it's so funny how there's phrases you like don't think about that stuff at all and then <laughs> Oh, good. oh my gosh. I feel like that I'm is totally a... a I'm totally a party pooper. <laughs> you have your knife though. <laughs> <laughs> Only when I have my knife. <laughs> oh my god. stomach. I feel like that's a really really great transition to an introduction. <laughs> I needed this laugh today though. Oh, good. <laughs> I always tell people, I'm like, I swear, this will be, this will be fun. You don't know what'll happen, but it'll be fun. <laughs> We wanted to just take a quick minute to share about a really amazing organization that is close to our hearts called the Soul Care Collective, which is a black woman-run virtual wellness center that offers healing through meditation, yoga, talk therapy, herbalism, and so much more breath work. Um, if you follow them on Instagram, you'll get access to trying out some of the different modalities that they offer. And I personally have been um, impacted positively through my healing journey and the work that they do. Um, we highly recommend looking into them, following them on Instagram at Soul Care Collective. And then right now they're actually taking donations to support their affordable wellness initiative. So by donating, you can sponsor healing sessions for Black, Indigenous, non-binary, and femme people who aren't able to afford mental health and wellness services right now. So if you're inspired, we would love if you can spread the word or donate what you can to help give more people access to healing therapies and modalities. Now back to the podcast. Well, we're welcoming Edgar to the podcast. Uh, as you mentioned, Edgar's from Guatemala, a lover of Shiba Inu dogs, a language connoisseur because he speaks Spanish, English, Mandarin, and Chinese, which, whoa, and wants to learn German, which I'm currently learning, so hit me up, and is a part of the strategic implementation team within professional services at MindBody and how we got introduced and I learned about his love of plants which we're going to talk about today so welcome to the podcast welcome <laughs> thanks but for real if you start to learn german and you need a buddy i'm trying to manifest in 2021 someone to practice and speak german with so just putting that out there <laughs> let's do it i started you know just learning a little bit because my husband speaks german and it's so hard like i'm like i don't know like it's a different kind of hard i feel it's yeah. more like yeah, but but I do want it. Like I want to. <laughs> oh, yeah. Deutsch. All right. Los kids. Uh, so the first question, like that. That's like all I got. Those are like my confident phrases. Or I talk to my dogs in German and people are like, what? Okay. Uh, but we start the introduction um, or post introduction off with a question. What does it look like to be you today in this moment? <laughs> it's a big question 
in this moment, I feel like um, I would say plants. That's all that describes me right now. <laughs> I'm a plant. I'm kidding. I am a plant. Currently, I have the plant in the background. You are a plant. <laughs> okay, tell us more about that, though, because, yes, I'm you have like this amazing green thumb and we've talked at when I was working at the office many times about all your plants and how I kill mine always and all your secrets so dive into that a little bit more I don't know I feel like growing up I feel like I was always surrounded by plants like my mom loves plants my grandma used to love plants um even the neighbors now that I think about it you know when I was very young I didn't really think about that but he was always there. Um, and it was when I left to Taiwan because I studied there uh, that I started feeling like I need something. And I remember I got this mint plant. It was huge and it was long. And I remember it was just pretty and I had it just hanging and that got me into plants. Like I really wanted to keep getting more. I wanted to you know, see them grow in a lot. Um, and now they're just part of my life. Like every single day, uh, I feel like it helps me to shut down my mind when I take care of them. Like I just completely get lost in like the leaves and, and everything. And then I totally like lost the thought or, you know, anything that is bothering you. Like it just, I don't know, even outdoor gardening, everything like it's, it's, it's truly like my second job. <laughs> That's how I see it. But um, yeah, anything. I mean, all I talk is about plants. <laughs> do, you, do you feel like your plants have personalities? Like, do you feel their energy? I do. Yeah, I do. I do too. <laughs> Definitely. There are some that I'm just like, I don't like you, you know, like, <laughs> And that's when my Shiva unipersonality comes out. You're like, you're going to like me. <laughs> I'm going to make you like me. <laughs> no, it, it's, some are just very chill and they're like, oh yeah, we're going to be good. <laughs> you know? So yeah, I definitely feel that. I feel like one of my strongest memories is just being in the office and walking past your desk and just, I mean, covered in plants. And I was like, how does this guy keep them alive and so I was like I'm, I gotta ask like I, I have to figure this out and I just remember I think you told me that you you sing to them or you talk to them it was just like the sweetest answer and I was like oh so I'm just not nice enough to my plants that's why they keep dying <laughs> like <laughs> literally like that helps like I felt I feel like the way I figured that out was this plant was struggling like it was it was very sad and I was trying to like do everything you know to to get it right and then i started talking to the planet like touching the leaves and be like we can do this and i don't know we came back and i was like <gasps> so i started talking to plants you know like like crazy and and i feel like it's it's good they like it and the music as well like they like it that's what i found <laughs> even if it I, sounds crazy <laughs> no it's not crazy i was that's what i was gonna say um is like, I used to kill plants too. And my mom got me, I'm going to, it's, it's either a spider or a snake plant, whichever the one with like the tall straight leaves. And she got me one and was like, you cannot kill this. Like, there's no way to kill it. You'll never kill it. And I, I, I it was done. Like it was happening. And um, 
right around that time, it had like one leaf left and it was just like so sad. I met my ex-boyfriend and he had a jade plant and it was like a little, like it had been a transplant jade plant and that he had gotten. And he was like, I don't know if it's going to make it. It's been this small for like years, but, and it was like zip tied to the stick. And I just, I just had this like connection to this jade plant. And in the year that I had it, because I then moved to Vancouver and we were long distance, but while I was in Vancouver, the thing flourished. And like, that's what I would do. I would like, I talk to it and I would like almost like pet its leaves and be like, yeah. how are you doing? And like, it would, they say don't overwater jade plants, but it said it wanted water. So I would just like water it when it said it wanted to. And it like, it was so happy. And so ever since then, that is how I, I am with all my plants. Like I, I do talk to them. And I think there's actually studies that have been done where people take plants and like separate them. And one of them, they like yell, abuse it basically. And the other one, they speak nicely to it. And the one that is spoken to in an abused way dies. And the yeah. other one flourishes. I've seen, I think I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it does happen. Um, I think it's great. It's not crazy though, because it, it is, you know, they are a living thing. Not that they can understand what you're saying, perhaps not, but they know your tone, kind of like dogs, you know, like mm-hmm. when they know when you're mad at them because they did something wrong versus when you're happy and playing with them, like they can sense that. I feel like that's the same with plants. It, just like you said, like there's, or I feel like there's all this um, stereotypes about like having plants and taking care of plants that, you know, like, oh, you cannot kill this. Or this is a plant that needs zero light. Like all those are stereotypes that Donix is like they all need light. Like we need light. <laughs> um, and um, the same with you, you know, you can kill any type of plant, but you can also learn how to keep it alive, right? So <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's an interesting thought too, even when you think about communicating from like human to human, you're absolutely right. Like the energy behind something is almost more powerful than the words. And so, I mean, I can say for my own self, like if I'm, again, my ex-boyfriend, like I used to say things to him that I was like, it was what I wanted to be able to be saying, but the intention behind it was still like trying to be right. Or, and so he would catch, he could catch that and he'd be like, it doesn't like he could, I couldn't get past it. And so it is true. Like there are so many layers to, to our experience and to what we are sharing and interacting with at any given, given time. And you kind of forget about that. I was thinking about our podcast episode um, where we did, we talked about like energetics and even, um, and Rachel, tell me if you know what it's called, but like the vibrations, what was that called? I should know this. Oh, like the vibroacoustic? Yes. And we're talking about like the energy and like how we can sense things and how it carries. And um, I once went on a date with a guy who said that he had a belief that when you prayed specifically in nature, that the plants around you would hear it. And because they have such deep root systems, they could carry that message through the root systems and it can almost go anywhere in the world and I thought that was one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard and I always tell people I'm like I don't care if you don't believe that or if you think it's total woo-woo like I want to believe in something like that like I want to believe that things can be so alive 
outside of just our human existence or even animals that we are all connected and that messages can be carried through these systems, which really, I mean, plants and ecosystems thrive and survive all the time and make, I mean, they're living, they're living and they make all these small little changes and adaptations. And yet we almost treat nature and plants like they're not actually living or that they're inferior, which sometimes blows my mind because they are so complex. Now, you mentioned this, and it's totally right. Um, I remember two books. I, I I mean, I don't remember the names, but I remember reading them before. One was when I was younger, and it's in Spanish, but it's, based, it's probably in, in English, too. But it says, uh, or the title is, um, what's the title? <laughs> um, the Trees Die Standing. And it, it explains, you know, it's like a, uh, analogy, but it's just like explaining how trees, even if they're hurting, they try, you know, they are very strong and they try everything to keep going. And even when they die, they die standing most of the times, unless it's lightning and stuff like that, right? But other than that, like um, oak trees, one example, like in California, there are so many oak trees many of them are dead already inside and outside are standing trying to sprout some living parts on the side before they actually fall <laughs> and i don't know it was explaining how you could also do that like you know even if you're feeling like you're going to be defeated like you can just keep going and keep going you know look straight keep going strong and um, I thought that book was beautiful. And the second one that I remember uh, when you were explaining this, this part is there is this book that explains how trees are communities. Like they have communities within their space. And if a plant is hurting, we don't see it, right? But underneath with all the roots and everything, there are these things saying like, oh my God, he's hurting, let's try to put all the water, you know, towards his side or her side, <laughs> uh, try to, you know, move the resources because he or she needs it right now. So that to me, like insane, like, it's not like, this is mine. I'm going to take my water, you know, like, it's like, oh, you need some, like, it, they just share. Uh, and then, uh, of course, the stronger ones are the ones who share these resources. So I thought that was beautiful. And that's actually how it happened in like forests. And, and, and um, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> it just warms my heart. And I'm like, can we all be trees? Yeah, <laughs> I know. Truly though. <laughs> There's <like>, another book. <laughs> it, is, it is interesting though. I just joined a new team. And for whatever reason, this team is like, kind of like that like I felt like people have gone out of their way to just like be there for me I'm newer and like it's it's not like the hardest job but there's nuances to it and um I made a mistake this week and I was really hard on myself and people who didn't really know me were just like they just stayed with me and they were like there and they I I sadly have to say like I haven't really experienced a lot of that that consistently and it's like in the last two weeks there's been four people that I like specifically was like I am going to give feedback to your manager of how 
amazing. You like, I am, I am okay. I am better because you showed up and it made me want to do that for other people too. Like it didn't, it didn't take away from them. It just it expanded. And it's interesting that you, that like in nature, organically, that's how innately some parts act. And like, why are we fighting that within ourselves? It's like a natural quality, it seems. Why are we fighting that? I don't exactly. know the answer. Yeah. <laughs> and right. it's true. Mm-hmm. I would say that is something I've actually been actively working on, just being aware of how much distrust and definitely a scarcity mindset, even though it's not always there. And I've worked a lot on it, but I've shared this on the podcast, just like being in different environments and having um, gone back to Wisconsin and just like feeling like an older version of myself, realizing how much that is ingrained in me and in like feeling like, oh, I need to keep resources for myself. And one of the things about San Luis Obispo and moving here and working at Mind Body and the people I met is their example of being that strong tree that was like, no, I'm actually going to give you the water because you need it. And just how much that blew my mind and and like Rachel, to your point, kind of like sadly in some ways, you know, that I hadn't experienced that at such a scale, right? Like, you know, you have your one-on-one people, um, but I'd never been in a workplace or a community where I felt like everyone was doing that consistently um, and how much of an eye-opening experience that was for me to realize that I wasn't doing that and that I was coming from that scarcity place. And now it's, I mean, I, I look at the people that I've met and I've interacted with and it's like, if they needed anything, it'd be like, of course I would do as, you know, as long as it wasn't impeding on a serious boundary, like I would do what I would, could do to give that water back to them. And I'm so grateful for it because I can also see that I didn't really have a lot of that before in my life and just how transformative it is. And I'm I'm sure I'm not the only person that was in that boat. No, I also fell in. I also fell in when when I joined my body. I don't know if I ever told you the story. This uh, this is actually a good story. It's not related strictly to plants, but um, when I moved, when we moved back to the U.S., I didn't have a job permit, and I had to wait six months. It was driving me crazy because I work since when I was like eighteen, and I never stopped. And and it just felt like I needed to work. I couldn't just be sitting. Um, and I knew my body, my eyes were on my body and I applied and it was a different position and I didn't get it. And I was like, so sad. I was so like, oh my God, like I really want it. But then I keep moving forward. Right. And I got this job at a hotel in San Luis Obispo. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to get it. I'm going to do this for like about six months and then I'm going to try again. That was my plan. Because if not, it's going to look too suspicious that I'm applying like crazy, right? So <laughs> uh, I did that. I got the job at the hotel. And the manager was really cool. Like, I really like him a lot. And then um, out of the blue, one day, I got an email like, hi, we have your resume here. Uh, we have this position that, it, you know, requires Spanish. And I think you would be a great candidate. Do you want to apply? And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I, I always thought that was a lie. You know, like, when you apply to jobs and they say, like, 
I'm so sorry, but we'll keep your resume. I'm like, that's a lie. They're never going to see it again. So when I got that email, I was like, they actually look for me. Like, you know, like I was like kind of shocked. Um, and then I went through all the process and I had the final interview with uh, the hiring manager. And I was super nervous. I went to the, uh, the building and um, when I saw her, she was like, oh, hi. And, and she was like super excited. And she's like, oh my God, you work at, at this hotel, right? And I was like, yes, I do. Like, why did you stay there or something? Like, I'm, I was like, how do you know? And then she's like, no, like, um, my boyfriend is the manager. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I think like all my brown skin color turned into like, ow, like skin. Um, I was like, this is it. I'm just not going to get it. That was my mindset at that time. Like, thinking just like how most of corporations work, I'm like, that's it. This is not going to happen. But I kept going and she was making all these jokes. And then I went back to the hotel because I had to work in the afternoon. And I went back and I was just like quiet. I was just like, no, no, no. And he's like, so how was your interview? <laughs> and I was like, I just, I just smile. And I was like, it was great. And he was like, uh, you would really fit in my body. He said, and I was like, do you think so? And I'm like, yeah, she really wants you. And I'm like, it was all this experience that I never, I think they have never happened to me before. It's always like, you're mine. Like, you're in my team. You're mine. I'm never going to let you go. Kind of like that was the experience that I've had before. And seeing that, and then, and then he actually hired me, my buddy. Like, I was like, I cannot believe this happened. Like, I was, I was completely in shock. And it was just a, super funny story that I have now <laughs> that I can only imagine I, I had a similar experience where I was I actually for mind body too where I was flying out at the airport and one of my coworkers saw me and no one really knew I was flying out to San Luis Obispo and I told her I was going to visit my boyfriend at the time and when we got off the plane I was like okay bye because I had a layover in Phoenix and that I like snuck away off to my gate and of course their gate was right next to mine for their layover. And they're like, we thought you were going to Phoenix. And then I had to come clean and I'm like, I'm applying for a job. <laughs> I'm actually on my way to like a final interview right now. And, and yeah, it's, I mean, it's amazing how when you surround yourself with people, cause I was so afraid, right? So afraid that like she was going to go back and tell everybody. And I mean, not, and I trusted her. So like, I shouldn't say so afraid, but like, that's your initial instinct. Right. Um, and when you really surround yourself with people that just want to see you grow and want to see you improve and just want to support you, I mean, it's like, they're like, please let us know how you can help, you know, didn't tell anyone. And it's just, yeah, you're like, oh, like people, you know, people do have my back. I, and it's kind of, you know, my initial reaction, same thing. It was just like, oh my God, like I just blew up something. What if I don't get this job? And then I'm not going to have a job to go back to. And, oh, and the fact that people do read your resume because I've been applying for jobs right now. And I get those emails all the time and I'm like, liars, <laughs> you probably just tossed my resume in a dumpster and lit it on fire. <laughs> That's what I always thought. And it's not always the case. It could be some cases, but not always. <laughs> you are it was bringing me hope. Yeah. You are being an expander yeah. for me that there is possibility that. <laughs> oh, there are possibilities. Now I believe them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So 
yeah, never lose hope on the on the on that aspect. <laughs> but yeah, also, I, oh sorry. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say also just like you maybe wouldn't have thought that getting a job at the hotel would connect back to mind body. Like I've had things like that in my life where I'm like, I don't understand why I'm taking this left turn. It doesn't seem like it makes any sense, but it feels like it's the thing I'm supposed to do. So I'm going to do it. And then things triangulate down the road where I'm like, oh my gosh, that had to happen. And that put me in this position to be able to have that happen. Holy crap. Um, I mean, that's how I got the job at Lululemon headquarters, which I had been trying to apply forever. And then it's just, it's really wild how that can happen. And so like trusting that gut sometimes over the path that you've like written out on the page that seems perfectly strategic. Like sometimes that's not as um, conducive. It is. Um, I do believe, I do believe that because I feel like just having the experience in the hotel and I was also working part-time at a deli in, in, in a Royal Grande where we lived before and I love the people I met there. Like they were so beautiful. Like the deli, like I literally walk in there because they had uh we're hiring job and I'm like, hi, here's my resume. I was already and she was just like, Why do you want to work him? And I was like, I really just want to work. Like that was my response. I'm like, I cannot be standing, I need to work. I'm like, please give me this job. Like, I don't care what I'm doing, I just want to do something. I, I was really going crazy. Like to the point that I talked to my husband and I was like, I need a used bike right now. And he was like, a used bike? And I'm like, I need a bike. So we got a used bike from Craigslist. And I literally rode from, his parents live on Edna Valley and it's uh, like all like huge. Like when you're driving, you don't see it, but there are so many hills. And it's like, wow. Right. Uh, <laughs> and then um, I took the bicycle and I rode from the house all the way to downtown and then back. It took me like almost six hours and I was literally dying. It was not even the best bike. I was like, I just need to feel that I can move because I didn't have a license either. So I was like, I need to feel that I can do something. <laughs> I was really going nuts that time. <laughs> but it felt good though. Like at the same time when I did it, I'm like, yes, I did it by myself. <laughs> it was kind of cool. <laughs> I feel like these stories are so relatable right now too, because the conversations I'm having with people with COVID and being locked down and a lot of people being unemployed and so many of us have never had that much time to not be tied to a career or to a job or any, and we're just like, what do we do with ourselves? <laughs> we can't socialize. We can't go. I mean, you can socialize and find ways to do it, but you know, we're not socializing in the same way we were before. We don't have jobs to go to. And it's been so interesting to just see what people do with their time and doing things like that. Like when would you probably have ever really chosen to buy a cheap old bike off a of Craigslist and bike in which, by the way, thank goodness you're safe because I would be so scared to bike with the cars on Edna Valley. Like that's a beautiful bike ride if you survive. So glad you're safe. <laughs> but wait, I mean, but when would you ever choose to do that? Like it almost pushes you when you have all this freedom to be like, what do I like? What do I want to try? And it's been an interesting time. I mean, for myself included. 
it is. Sometimes you just have to like, I feel like just try things, even things that you've never done before. Just try them. If you don't like them, then you, okay, bye. And just, you know, what's next? Like, what do I want to do? Like, I don't know. Like for me, that job, getting that job in the deli was just like, I don't care what it is. I just want to feel like I'm doing something. And I remember they, they were, there were some people working there and um, they had to chop the lettuce, right? Like in the morning for all the sandwiches and salads and all that. And they were like, oh my God, I hate this. And I'm like, I can do it. Because <laughs> I just wanted to do something. And they would just look at me like, what? And I'm like, just give me something to do. Like, I, I was so happy chopping the lettuce. <laughs> now that I think back, I'm like, oh my God. Sometimes you forget. Um, that's so like I wish we could live our lives a little bit more like that though actually similar when COVID started I worked at a grocery store um and I still actually at this point had my full-time job but I just wanted to get out of the house and I you know I was living by myself I was like I don't want to be alone in the house so I got a job at Sprouts the grocery store and and they told me I was gonna do like an assortment of things and I was like cool like anything to like be out in public doing things and I ended up being the cart and the basket cleaner just like trapped between the two double doors and to be honest I mean it got old after like two months but for the first month I was just like this is so nice it's meditative <laughs> I would like people would walk in the door to the grocery store and be like hi hi <laughs> just like just excited to see anybody half the people would even say hi back to me I was like it's okay there's a face there I'm still in community <laughs> <laughs> but it is and like you just I got so much joy from that just I, I get it it faded but for the first month of things that are just so simple because you have that contrast which I think a lot of times we forget right like we want to be happy all the time or we want to feel abundance all the time but when you're always feeling that it's so easy to forget like the beauty and the joy and all those little things that when you don't have them or you feel like you've lost them you get just the sense of like presence and satisfaction yeah yeah exactly that's so true and we get things for granted like you know my body uh rachel if you don't know my body like there is a slide from the second floor to the first floor and i remember the first time i walked out, i was just like what and then that manager was like, oh, yeah, we, you can, you know, just jump in when we finish the, you know, the walkthrough and all that. And I was so excited. And the first, I will say the first month, I was taking it a lot. I was just going like super excited, like, yeah. And then it started fitting away, fitting away to the point that I'm like, I haven't used this light in like months. And there was this period of time that I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to go once a day. Like, I have to take it once a day. And I started doing that. And I was like, it was so much fun. And now I'm like, I'm I'm wondering how many people actually thought about it. Like, you know, like, oh, my God, I miss this life. Or I should have used it more when I had the chance, right? So I don't know. I, I found that interesting, too. I miss the slide. I've missed the slide since I left. But I also, I once a week was my goal to go down the slide when I worked there. What were you going to say, Rach? <laughs> Uh, it'd be interesting if that was like a secret interview question that they didn't tell you. And if you didn't, and they always just mentioned it, like at the end, you can slide down if you want. And if you didn't, you were like, you're not part of our culture. Fit. <laughs> and if you did, they're like hired. 
I wouldn't have gotten the job. I didn't go down the slide during my interview because, okay, but here's why. Because I had really tight dress pants on that that day. And I was so worried that if I went down the slide, because I was trying to do it, that I was going to rip my pants in my interview. Yeah, Yeah, that makes sense. Shoes are some other variants because some shoes, I remember a couple of times that I took it with dress shoes and I really flew away. Like I... (laughs) You and do. There, were some people, there was like an interview you know, like i think some people were visiting and i just feel like ah! <laughs> <laughs> but you sound a liability waiver so like it's all on you <laughs> I, i've had that happen i would warn people on their first day when we go on the slide because everyone would come really dressed up in their dress outfits and i'm like i highly recommend taking the slide however if you have dress pants on you are about to fly, so be prepared. <laughs> like, use your feet as brakes. It's all good. <laughs> I've gotten rocked on this thing <laughs> It was fun, though. I didn't get hurt, but it was fun. It was like, like I almost felt a little bit scared that I was going to, like, I don't know. <laughs> but nothing happened. <laughs> oh my God. 2021 is about to get mixed up a little bit and we're super excited. In 2021, we're going to be offering live workshops via Zoom. Our first workshop is going to be on intention setting. If you are familiar with the podcast, you know that Rachel and I both love to start the year by setting an intention, getting clear on what we want out of the new year. We are going to be offering this intention setting workshop on January 28th. And then we're mixing up our schedule a little bit this year and how we do things. The Collective, our monthly free community event, is now going to be hosted on the 3rd. That's the third Thursday of the month moving forward. We'd love to see you at the workshop. We would love to see you in the Collective. And we'll be offering additional tools following the workshop to help you build upon your practice of being the most authentic version of you. Um, When you and I were chatting about plants prior to coming in the podcast you had mentioned that you sometimes tie plants back to diversity do you have any thoughts on that that you could share with us oh my god uh yeah I do like it's I don't know I think it's amazing and I've always seen plants you know like each plant is different like I literally can show you right now because I'm next to you if you want to (laughs) Yeah, show us and verbally describe for the audio listeners that haven't figured out we have a YouTube yet. <laughs> <laughs> Plug. So I have this plant shelves over here. But if you see, each plant is different. The colors, the the size, and even if you touch it, it's just if you see this texture, like the color that this one has versus like, you know, this one. And even within the same plant, this is the same plant. And there's this one that is like variegated. So it has like different tones and colors. This one has like white little spots. Like they're all different. There are some that are like purple, like this one. So there are even different colors, different textures. And that's how I see life, right? Like I think we're diverse. Like we are different. and. I don't know. I wouldn't like to have these shelves and just have this type of plant all over. Like, I like to see all the differences. Like, even care. Some don't like water. Some do. Some love more light. Some others are 
you know, just keep me, just give me the minimum light and I'm happy. And some others are even like, um, like, I don't like to be crowded. Like, that are like succulents or cacti, they don't like to be crowded. They like to have their space. And all these tropical ones love to be crowded because that increases the humidity. So, like, I don't know. I see, like, when we talk about like diversity with the team or with friends, I'm like, what are we even talking here? Like, we need our differences. We need, you know, languages. We need different skin, you know, skin color, different culture, background, experiences. If not, I think life is going to be boring, right? Like, just the same uh, of all. <laughs> but. Well, even to your point, it's like within the same plant, there are variations too. Like, I mean, I've had another jade plant and it didn't, it wasn't the same. Like it was the same, but it wasn't the same. <laughs> and like, I don't know, I don't, I, I couldn't really like pinpoint why my relationship to one of them was different than the other, but they were different. They were totally different. And I guess you could get even more detailed on like the specific shapes were totally different and everything, but yeah, there is like a uniqueness to each. And I, I was going to ask you, if you move those plants within that um, stand, do they behave differently? They do. They do. So I do change some. Um, and there are some that I've been playing around to see where they do better. But some of them, like um, I have had like on the bottom shelf and they were just really not doing good. And I just have to move them to the upper shelf and boom, they started like getting new leaves. So I was like, it was definitely something like maybe the plant that was next to it or maybe the amount of light. Um, but it def like, they definitely behave differently. And some of them don't like to be moved. Like um, the popular plant, the fiddle leaf uh, fig tree, that plant hates changes. If you change the water schedule, at least three leaves are going to drop. If you move her, a few other leaves are going to uh, drop, right? So, like, just understanding, and that comes to the same with diversity and, and, and that part, right? If you make the effort to understand what the plants need, what they like, if they want to be alone, like, just let them in the space, right? And if they want to be crowded, <laughs> just do it, right? Like, if you really, it's not always about you it's about what you do for others yeah. and that it's so hard for people to understand and i don't understand why because <laughs> a lot of the times we want to make things about us right me included like that's just a human thing but it's not about us like it's about like we have to make the effort to understand and just you know when the other person see that the other person will also start doing the same, right? Like that's, that's the hope. <laughs> it It is quite profound. I mean, again, just going back to like a shelf of plants, if you tried to put every single plant on the top shelf or the bottom shelf, like some ones are going to flourish in different places. And, and to just assume that every single plant needs the same amount of water, the same placement, the same is just like, duh. Like when I'm like sitting here saying it, as we're talking about it, it's like, duh, but we aren't really that way with each other at all. It's very much, um, actually Janelle and I had like a really good conversation. It was yesterday morning. I am getting all my days confused, but, um, 
but about like, we were both saying like, we don't want to force, you know, as we're continuing to grow this podcast and our relationship, like we don't want the interactions between us, the connection to feel forced, but what Mm -hmm. feels forced to me might not. So like what I'm doing that feels natural to me and authentic actually was feeling forced for her. So she's like, it does feel forced to me. And then I was like, Oh, and then she was like, so just let me be like this. And then I was like, doing it that way feels forced to me. And so it's, it's really interesting to have slowed down enough to actually recognize that we could both be saying, we don't want to force this, but what it actually means to force it is different for both of us. And so to actually understand those differences and what each other needs so that we can meet ourselves and each other where we both need to be so that we can um, make it work. Uh, It's just coming up for me. Um, It's subtle, but it's not easy. Like it takes time to actually, what are you actually saying when you need support right now? What does support, like we use these really big, not big, like simplified phrases that actually have a lot of nuance to them and not a lot of time and care is taken into understanding those, those um, uniquenesses between each of us. So there's um, an analogy, I think the angry therapist got this from him, but he talks about following the string down and to your point, Rachel, the idea that there are these things sort of on the surface that are simplified, but there's a lot that if you start to dig deeper that is attached to it and I'll just put the the visual out because we're talking about plants I feel like that's the same analogy around the roots right like you see this thing on the surface but a lot of times and I'll speak from I like I haven't always done the exploration historically more so around where is that even coming from like why am I feeling that way and if I don't understand me (laughs) and what I need and why things are, um, you know, showing up how they're showing up or why things are bothering me. It's like, how can I expect anyone else to navigate that? And it's not an easy thing to do. Like we're, we're constantly ongoing learning about ourselves, but I'm beginning to realize as I start to form deeper, stronger relationships that last longer, um, how, how much of a my own exploration has been required in order to show up and actually experience those relationships in a way that is deep and isn't always pretty, but will hopefully have more longevity. And I feel like, you know, part of it is also society, you know, like our generation had so many things <laughs> that we can chat about, but like we were really pushing to like not having difficult conversations. Let's just try to ignore if I'm feeling like that, I'm gonna ignore this or I'm gonna ignore that and not having actually discussions or talks, right? Let's just post an indirect, passive direct, a uh, passive direct, uh, what is the word? Oh my god, I'm- passive aggressive. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, let's just post like this passive aggressive meme on social media to express how I really want to say the things to someone specifically, right? Or you see something on social media and you're like, was that for me? Like you, you just instantly start thinking about things like that. And I'm like, you, not you, but we all have to like, you know, have this difficult conversations because that's how 
relationships are going to get stronger. Like, I feel like I, like, I know a lot of people. I don't have a lot of friends. And those are two things that I definitely put very, very separately because I feel like I call someone a friend when I'm like very close and when I can have different, you know, difficult conversations or express how, you know, how I feel about something. And a lot of those things happen when, you know, you have a stressful situation. Most of the times that happen when you travel. And I have this theory, like, you have to travel together to figure out if you're really good friends and if you can work things out. And if you can't, that's my, that's the way I test things. <laughs> uh, because the closest friends I've had have been in, you know, in some trips or something or abroad and being like having this difficult situation and we just work it out. Like we chat it out. We didn't try to just uh, cover it with something and forget about it because it's going to happen again. Right. And so like, that's how I feel. It's also with plans, right? Like, I have this theory, like if you get this um, aloe plant and you have it in this spot and you water this amount of time and the aloe dies and then you just buy another aloe, put it on the same spot, water the same time, same amount, like it's going to die again. Like it's, it's, you're not learning from the experience, right? Like, you have to understand, like, something is not good, and that's why it's dying. It's not that the plant is just dying. Like, if you move it to a, a different light, or if you read about the plant and actually understand it, like, that's when the plant is going to start responding to it. And what are your actions in the plant dying that it keeps happening? Because I think sometimes, yeah, we were like, well, this plant was just no good. Wasn't me. Wasn't what I did. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't that I didn't water it for eight weeks. It was just a, wasn't a resilient enough plant. I don't know. <laughs> well, and even in the way that you say that I've, so for, this is going to be posted later, but um, today the white house was uh, stormed. Is that the right expression? Um, and I, I was, I was trying to find like a, as close to a non-biased media source as I could, but even there, they were like, well, we have the CIA of head of da 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 da, and who's to blame for this? And I was just like, oh my gosh, it's like this blame, the blame culture piece too, is just so it like automatically divides. And so what I when I I can't exactly remember the language you just used, Janelle, but I hear I'm starting to catch my own self. Um, it's nuanced of like the way and the people around me too, the way that we talk in describing situations that could just be acknowledging what's here, but instead there's like this, there is a way that it's being said that's like, who, who, who can we point the finger at? Like, who is, whose error was this? Where, and, um, and, and so I guess I'm saying that because I'm working on my own like self-abuse voice too. And so in, those moments where, you know, we've killed the plant and we are asking ourselves, what was my part in this? You know, 
I mean, maybe this isn't fair to say that the plant also had a part in it, but <laughs> I don't know, maybe it does. Edgar, I'd love your take. Normally, I guess what I'm trying to play with now is I used to take on all the blame and just assume full responsibility of all of it. And now I'm like, yes, or put all the responsibility on the other person. It was like very black and white. And now I'm trying to go, I for sure contributed to this. You also contributed to this. And so what is yours that I need to allow you to handle? And what is mine that I need to go work process and figure out for myself? Um, so anyways, that, that was just coming up as you were talking. Yeah, that the blame language is so like subtle. Um, it really doesn't serve. It happens everywhere if you think about it. Like company, for example, even customers. I had customers, you know, that were really upset. And yeah, something was wrong, right? Something was done wrong. And I took sometimes like some customers that were upset and I have never worked with them before, but when I took on some of them, of course, when you're frustrated, you only think about, you know, what, what went wrong and you focus on, on the problem, right? Like this is wrong. This is bad. And I used to, I used to stop them. <laughs> I, I used to be like, it was wrong, but we cannot keep talking about it. And we have to think about how can we resolve that? Yeah. How do we pass this? And I'm happy to like, you know, do whatever I can to make it better, but we cannot just get stuck in this moment. And I learned that, you know, like different situations growing up as well, like um, relationships, even if it's friends or love or, you know, whatever, like you can get stuck on something and just stay there for many years and that's that's actually the 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 case of my mom she i feel like she still loves my dad and she got stuck in that moment and she was never able to move forward mm. and i can sense it right like she's stuck she just cannot enjoy uh fully she tries sometimes but it's like not fully not 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 as much as she could have done right um yeah and it comes back to like what we were talking, like, if you don't work on yourself, how are you going to reflect that to others, right? Like, how can that work? And, and it does happen, right? Yeah. In that example, it's the comfort. So I caught myself doing this and it's really interesting and I'm sure other people do it. If I am feeling lonely or abandoned or I have this like wound coming back up, I almost put salt on it because it's like this level of comfort. It gets sparked and I can give like a really specific example actually um, of something will activate that I'm unlovable. People will leave me wound. And then I find myself going on social media and I'll look at like an ex-partner's social media and be like, I wonder what their life is doing. And as like a, an example to myself, because that's like the comfort, I mean, it's uncomfortable, but it's like what I've known as an example to go back to of like, yeah, you're right. You're, you're, you're not unlovable. You're in this space. And it, it's like tied together. And when you start to see those actions, like, I'm like, why do I do this? I, I, and I, it's always the same trigger. And it's like, because there's 
a large period of time that I've spent in that mindset. And then there's almost a comfort in knowing that misery. And I go back to it and I've actively had to stop and just be like, why am I doing this? And I, I can see it now. I see the pattern and I'll do it. And I'll just be like, no, like you're trying to grow past this. Stop, <laughs> like stop with the small little actions of, of old patterning and, and habits and, and move forward. But it is so ingrained. It is, it is. Um, I can relate to that. So growing up, um, my dad left us. Um, he came here to the U.S. and I didn't really talk to him. I was very little. I was three years old. Um, so I didn't really remember. But then we started talking to him on the phone and all that stuff. And it wasn't until I was older that I started realizing that I had all this anger. And at some point it was really an issue, right? Like I, and like you said, it was like a comfort that whenever I wasn't feeling well, I will play this songs and that will just trigger everything and I'll be so mad. And I think uh, there was a time that I had the chance to like, you know, when I was this angry, like to talk to him and I was like, I don't want to because the anger is going to take over, right? Like I have to work this first myself <laughs> within and then I can deal with it, you know, and, and, and chat it out with my dad, right? Because I kind of realized, like, I can get stuck here forever. And I was like, I don't want that. I'm not that person, right? Um, but you have to have those difficult conversations with yourself and uh, do things different, just like a plan, right? Like, you have to do know what you're doing wrong and doing differently and uh, try to make those changes. Yeah, it's hard. I, I have to actually say that exact phrase to myself. Like, I want to do this differently. And Rachel, when you're talking about self-compassion and not beating yourself up, also realizing that the experiences I've had have led me to this point, like not being mad that I have in the past, like been in that cycle, or I have stayed in that emotion for maybe longer than what I want to, but that's just what it was. But I, I will say like in the moment when I'm trying to do the action, I'll stop and I'll say, I want to do this differently and then redirect. So I love that you said the same exact. I'm like, oh, those are the words. Those are it. <laughs> my my dad sent me a quote, um, uh, a few days ago, and I'm going to butcher it, but it's something along the lines of, um, you can't change your past, but you can change your ending, and um, it, it reminds me of plants too. It's like I've had a few fiddle figs that have not, <laughs> they're real finicky, and you know if you if I've, and I've received plants that look sickly and like, if I receive something in that, it's like, I can't really go back and change what's happened to that plant so far, but I can learn about what's here now and learn about what I can do to move, to, to end, to have it end differently. And I've been playing with that a ton lately when I get stuck in that, um, in that space of like, God, why would I have done that? How could I have done that? What? It's like, okay, how much more time do you want to spend being in that? Or can you just recognize that what's done is done and what's here now? And how do you want this to end? And 
what do you want to do to allow it to end the way that you want it to end versus the way that it has been. Um, and so I think we're kind of all saying similar things. Um, but I, I thought that was just like a very beautiful sentiment. And it's something that you can kind of, I can take every single day, no matter what happened yesterday, I still have possibility for how, where I can take this from here, which I loved. Would you both say that this is also related to like overthinking? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> oh, overthinking A plus in that class. <laughs> are there people that don't overthink? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. My husband is one of them. And I'm always on there thinking, overthinking everything. Here is my certificate. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm a master overthinking. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, yes. intellectualization, overthinking, over planning, over all of it. <laughs> oh my God. I, I feel like. Um, I, I'm probably going to change what we were talking about, but I was just going to say, uh, I guess it's kind of related to like the blame that we were discussing, but I'm going to say something related to it and it's guilt. I feel like that's another thing that is ingrained in us, like feeling guilty about something like, what did I do? And then that's going to get stuck with you. And for like, I think a lot of people that have plans, I feel like, if you see a lot of the Instagram pages, like most of the pictures and, and everything that it's posted is going to be like the perfect plans looking so great and like just showing it off. And when I die, when a plant die, that is hard to post. Like it's this part of like, I'm going to be, I'm going to feel guilty like I didn't do it right. And I remember the first time I'm like, well, if I did it, I have to share it, right? Like I'm not the only one. And I remember this because I follow from years back, I follow this, uh, it's a podcast on, it's on Spotify. That's how I found it. It's called Epic Gardening. I totally like it. I love his podcast, his Instagram, his everything. And I remember one of his episodes, like he had, you know, this other gardener and this gardener was like, if you haven't killed a plant, you're not a real gardener. Like, it's just part of it. Like, you have to be able to accept it. It's inevitable, right? And that's how you learn. And that's the important part. Of it. Like, did you learn from it? Because then that's when you start getting that experience of like, I'm not going to do it. Do this again. Like, that's one of the things that I started last year as well. Like, I wanted to post sometimes you know things that i do or experiments um and i got the story on instagram i think it was like a couple of weeks ago um and it was um it, it was a tropical plant i had this cutting and i wanted to plant it outside <laughs> but we live in california right like it's not tropical like it's not the conditions for it but i'm like you know what i'm just gonna put it underneath this three so like it's like you know shady and i've got the sun is not gonna burn it i just want to try it and I posted on Instagram when I, when I tried it. And that was like a year ago. And then I saw uh, Instagram, it tells you like, you know, some stories from like, you know, this day last year or something. And I was like, oh, yeah, I did try that. And it didn't work, right? <laughs> uh, so I shared the story and I'm like, this obviously didn't work. Like, but 
uh, my point was like, you know, like don't feel bad if you kill plants, you know, like I did it. We all do it. Uh, and I, my first, when I was going to share, I was like, Oh my God, I, I felt the guilt. I'm like, I killed this plant. And then I was like, then it comes to the fear. Like, what if I post this and then I start losing followers or something? But at the end, I'm like, I don't care. I'm just going to do it. And I did it. I didn't lose any followers, right? Like, and, and the people that see it, like, they're probably going to, like, I don't know. I felt like it was it was going to be, like, a good learning experience. And then after that, after, after I shared that, I was like, that's going to be the goal of this year. Like, if, if, it die, if a plant die, I'm going to post it. I'm going to post some, like, RIP or, or something. Um, and just be accountable for that and let the guilt just, you know, go away slowly. But I don't know if that's gonna, uh, I don't know how that's gonna uh, do. I am bouncing up and down inside because one of, I feel like our topics, and we'll see if this continues to be a theme already in 2021, is authenticity on social media and talking about how do you be authentic and how do you show your mistakes and how do you show like the moments where you're like, this is, this sucks. Like, I'm not going to take a picture right now, but how, <laughs> you know, like, how do you show that? And I just think like in the plant example, it's, you know, a simplified version obviously of life, but it's such a beautiful way of just being like, Hey, we all fuck up. Sometimes things die, things don't work. And Rachel and I have been talking, so I'll just throw this out here about throwing parties around that. I mean, COVID is not like a party in person, but like, how can we just be like, Hey, this plant died and made a mistake and I learned. Let's have a get, I don't know. Let's all pop champagne from <laughs> Zoom. I don't know. Just to like normalize that stuff because it is. I'm like, I'm sick of going to parties for things that either are like a blanket blueprint that we've been handed down. Like I'm, and we're, yes, they can be celebrated, but like, I want to celebrate all the other random stuff that we don't normally celebrate. Like, I don't know. I just like, Hey, I broke up with someone. Let's have a party or like, <laughs> I don't know. I I don't even know, but just, you know, random things that we normally don't celebrate the actual mistakes and the learning that comes from those mistakes. So we just try to push them under the rug or we, we keep them silent. And I was like, let's celebrate them. Let's just put them out there and have fun with it. When, if you take that quote, that gardener quote, it's like, are you actually a real human if you don't fail? Yeah. Cause truly, well, and, and you posting the, uh, to me, what I heard when you were like, I'm going to post these plants that have died or I killed them. Um, there's an honoring to that. Like when you sweep death under the rug, that's like, you're actually celebrating the life of this thing as long as it was meant to live. And there's a really beautiful, like there's a whole, that's a whole part of our existence that is in like the death of things that we just don't embrace. And I was a cancer survivor. So I have like a little bit of an obsession on like that part of our life that a lot, like we don't really want to talk, people do not want to talk about it. And I haven't really felt like I had quite a choice. And so I've just been like, I want to talk about it because I know how close it is. And like, to be able to see how, how, e I mean, that is a pretty easy and effortless thing, even though there's emotion around it. And there is like, there's more there. Like, that's a really cool way to be able to honor the life of something and to honor the cycle of something um I don't know 
I love it. Keep doing that, please. I, I think it's awesome. I think I think it is. Um, and like I said, it's like a challenge that I put to myself, right? I like to do it more. Um, not that I want to kill plants, right? But if I yeah. do, I like to post it. Like, so from this year, that's the rule. Like every plant that dies, I have to post it, but I'm going to post like what I've learned. So I think I'm going to take on Janelle's idea. I'm going to pop up the, the champagne. I'm going to yeah. record it and I'll tag you guys. A plant celebration of life and lessons. <laughs> yes, exactly. And uh, uh, like, what you said Rachel like I feel like that's that's a huge topic right because it comes back to like the hard conversations that we don't dare to talk about um and and the experience that you had it's so unique right like you said it was so close like you felt it so close but just the fact that you fought it right like I I don't know like that to me is a great experience um my dad it's as we speak he is in the hospital he has been in the mm -hmm. hospital for well, he got sick last year. Uh, it was actually January 2020. Mm. And it was because he couldn't breathe and all these things and doctors couldn't figure it out. Some months later, I was like, what if he had COVID? Doctor, doctors didn't know. It was exactly they couldn't see. And then it became like a pneumonia. So like all last year, he has been like struggling with like having this periods of time that he cannot breathe then he has to go back and then like they found like he has like some bl uh, blood clots and um all this year but then last week he felt the same way again he went back to the hospital and he actually tested positive for COVID so now he's having the second COVID I guess that's what I will say I'm not sure if it was the first time or not but uh just being able to like talk about it right and and being like i don't know for me it's like it's really hard because i don't have uh like a deep relationship with him i've been able to start building it after my anger and all that right so i've been you know building on it but then i'm also like what's gonna happen right like you just have that uncertainty and i feel like as humans we hate not having control of something no matter what it is right yes <laughs> oh man that's so true uh, the uncertainty is such a hard place to live in and it doesn't necessarily need to be but i i struggle with it every day just like coming back to trust and just like it'll work out it'll which work is, out which is funny because everything is uncertain anyways like I'm and I'm talking to myself. Yeah. Like I know certainty I do the is same thing. Absolutely it's like, made up. <laughs> like the only certainty is that everything's uncertain. It's like the change thing. The only constant is that everything will change or something. It's the same thing. And so yeah, it is we've been talking, you know, you I don't know where you got the phrase, but I freaking love it. The future tripping. And like I can now see that if I am trying to think about something six months from now, there's a place, a time and a place for that. But if I'm six months from now, I am not here, which means I can't get there in the way that I want. So all I can do is be here and trust that when I get to wherever I am in six months, I will know what to do then. Um, and that is surrender to, that is surrender to me. That's surrender to the uncertainty that is life. Um, and allowing myself to fully be present with what's here. 
um, which again is all words we've heard, but to allow yourself to experience it and not just take it as a concept, I think is um, what I've been playing with. So good. I know this conversation is amazing. (laughs) You're the best. I know this is great. I, Oh, you know what? I'm so glad you decided. Yeah. I'm so glad you decided to talk to us. (laughs) No, no. Like I'm, I'm so excited too. And I, I feel like, you know, (laughs) <laughs> this is gonna sound funny but i'm this kind of person that if i don't feel the good energy i'm just i'm not gonna talk at all like it's gonna be really hard to make me talk but if i feel like the energy feels right like it's just like bro and i feel like that with people like i talk a lot and people think like i talk a lot but if i feel something like i don't know if i don't feel like we connect like i just don't talk <laughs> and it's you weird are, so like, you're very similar I'm the same way actually <laughs> if, even the clean plate <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly no but it's true like I I felt really free to talk during this oh god conversation so I I appreciate it like it, it's good we appreciate you. Thank you for yeah. playing with us. Um, we have our, our final questions of the podcast. And the first being, how do you live your true north in one word? Oh, my God. This is going to be so boring. But it's going to be plants again. <laughs> it's not boring. I love it. I like consistency. We talk about consistency a lot and I'm looking for consistent people in my life. So boom. (laughs) And then if people want to get a hold of you, follow your plant journey, see your plant life celebration experiences, uh, where can they do that? I think the easiest way is Instagram. I'm pretty active on that, uh, on my plants page. It's called talking to my house plants all together. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and um i check messages but follow me like you know any plant question i don't ignore messages like i if i know i'll tell you and if i don't know i'll tell you i don't know <laughs> um but yeah that would be the best way awesome well thank you so much this has been really fun thank you for playing <laughs> thank you all This has been another episode of the True North Collective podcast. For more from Rachel and I, check us out on the gram at the True North Collective underscore. Make sure you're signed up for our mailing list. We have a lot of new things coming in 2021. You can do that on our website at thetruenorthcollective.org. We appreciate you being here listening, and we can't wait to see you in next week's episode. All right, everybody. Have a good one.